Welcome to the fourth episode of the Magical Elections podcast about astrology and magic. My name is Nina Griffin, and I am a traditional astrologer and magician. This podcast is where I discuss astrological magic, favorable magical elections, and host an informal exploration of the traditional magical arts with other magicians, as well as those who are magic adjacent. You can find previous episodes on your favorite podcasting platform, such as the Apple Podcasting app, or my personal favorite, the free Overcast app. You can visit my website at ninagriffin.com to read astrological articles and learn more about magical elections. What are magical elections? Many historic magical texts suggest that magical results are enhanced by astrologically electing the moment when the desired magical energies are at their height and performing the magical ritual at that time. In my experience, this is very much the case, However, most astrologers are not magicians, and most magicians are not astrologers. This is where I come in. Every month, I select a few auspicious dates and times, and also recommend traditional materials to use for maximum magical potency, as well as the names of angels and spirits that should be invoked, and the magical images associated with each talisman. I also include suggestions for further reading and learning, and a magical lesson on a different topic, This is all included in the monthly Magical Elections PDF, which you can buy at ninagriffin.com for $15. I will be teaching a comprehensive weekend workshop in Beijing in September 2019 on Magical Elections if you are interested and in the area. In addition to a lecture, we will also make a talisman together in class. You can find out more information via the ninagriffin.com website. I am also planning a five-week certificate class in Magical Elections for Kepler College this fall, and the beauty of the course is that it will be online, so can be taken from wherever in the world you might be. Today we will discuss the contents of the August issue of Magical Elections, provide a sample election from August's issue, and we'll discuss the health-promoting 10th Lunar Mansion and the magic of lunar mansions with Ryan Butler, a traditional astrological magician. The August issue of the Magical Elections PDF is now available at ninagriffin.com. I found seven elections for August. We have an election for obtaining justice for oneself and others that uses the first decan of Libra. We have another decan talisman later in the month that uses the second decan of Taurus to attain higher status and political power. We have three fixed star elections. One is Procyon, which grants favor from people and spirits. Regulus, which gives attainment, victory, and glory and then the Pleiades, which give clear vision physically and spiritually, and uncover hidden matters. Finally, we have two excellent Lunar Mansion talismans this month. One is the 11th Lunar Mansion, which adds charisma, glory, fame, it's very solar in character, and the 20th Lunar Mansion for swift travel, making any person come to you, association with good people, and domestication of wild beasts. Every issue features a magical lesson, And this month, the lesson is about magic wands, their purpose, uses, and whether they are even necessary. The free election for August is the talisman using the Pleiades fixed stars. The election is for August 23, 2019, 6.34 a.m. to 6.38 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time, set for Los Angeles, California. You will want to get the same degree on the Midheaven, or the Ascendant, in your location, but keep an eye on the moon, which should also be at 29 Taurus or 0 Gemini, in order to activate the Pleiades, who are at these degrees of the zodiac. The 
Pleiades are a group of visible stars who have a number of magical uses. According to Heinrich Cornelius Agrippa, a medieval astrologer, their talisman grants the ability to see and summon spirits, preserves the eyesight, controls the winds, and uncovers hidden things. There is a common theme among these uses in that they promote physical and spiritual clairvoyance and grant several types of magical powers. Controlling the winds seems like a very old-timey magical power, although it may have its uses for calming air turbulence on airplane trips or cruises, for example. The Pleiades have their own special abstract glyph, which I won't attempt to describe to you, but you can find it online or in the Magical Elections PDF. The incense to use in your ritual, according to the traditional sources, will be fennel or frankincense, both of which are easy to obtain and burn on a charcoal, while the recommended materials are a sea snail shell or a crystal. The latter seems especially appropriate for a talisman having to do with vision. The image of the Pleiades is that of a lamp or a girl. This is the image you'd want to write or engrave on your talisman. This month's selection for the Pleiades has the midheaven and the moon on Pleiades, with the moon's next aspect a square to the sun. The sun-moon connection seems especially appropriate for talismans involving vision or having visions, as the moon and the sun rule the eyes and the concept of seeing in general. In this chart, the moon and the sun are on the midheaven and the ascendant respectively, strengthening and empowering the luminaries to see that which was previously unseen. I'd be interested to get your feedback if you make this talisman, and if this intrigues you, we have two other fixed star elections this month described in the Magical Elections PDF. Next, I will talk about my experience making the 10th Lunar Mansion talisman in July. If you listened to the last episode of the podcast, episode 3, I discussed my plans for making the 10th Lunar Mansion talisman, which is associated with strengthening the health and vitality. In early June, just as the Mars-Saturn opposition was applying, I twisted my ankle and I wanted to use not only modern and natural medicine, but also magical means to get good long-term results and avoid any permanent damage. I made the talisman on July 4th, 2019 at 8 a.m. in Big Sur in California, if you wanted to look at the chart. At the time, I was at a remote monastery, and I felt during the ritual and creation of the talisman that there was an unaccustomed amount of power available perhaps because it is a monastery with prayer and services being performed constantly. After I returned from the monastery, my foot felt significantly better, although I walked more than usual during the week. I will talk more about my experience in the interview today. I would highly recommend making a 10th Lunar Mansion Talisman for increase of strength and vitality. On that note, here's the interview with Ryan Butler about the 10th Lunar Mansion and Mansion Magic in general. With me today is Ryan Butler, an astrologer and magician, really an astrological magician, who follows very much the traditional path of magic and astrology as I do. Ryan and I have exchanged a lot of ideas over the years, and he always has good book suggestions for me to check out. Today we'll talk about his experiences with the 10th Lunar Mansion, which is pro-health and health-enhancing, as well as uh, Ryan's extensive experience with the Lunar Mansion talismans. All right, Ryan, so let's get started, and we can start off with a question. So how did you get into Lunar Mansions, and what is the practice like for you in general? Um, Okay, so how I got started with Lunar Mansions, um, I kind of feel like it was due to necessity, um, because I remember um, being really interested in astrological magic 
and not really knowing how to get started, but also being very poor, as one is, um, in their early 20s. And so I wanted to, you know, find some way to get information to be able to practice, because while I kind of felt like I had had a very self-taught style of astrology up until then, just mainly, you know, checking out source texts and, you know, practicing and things like that, when it came to actually trying magic, I was a bit more um, hesitant to do it that style, just because I was like, ah, what if I mess up and, you know, have like a super dramatic incident that like scars me for the rest of my life. And then I'm on like a, like a ghost catcher special or something. I don't know. Um, so I, and this was back before astrological magic really got popular because uh, we we're kind of experiencing a, a real boon in popularity today. So the only real source was Christopher Warnock um, and his works and his site. And so um, I actually purchased his Mansions of the Moon mini course uh, through Astrological Magic. It was only like $40, $50 at the time. And you got like, um, you know, a book and you got some really nice images that um, Nigel Jackson illustrated, like really high quality, really, really well detailed. And just so, so I used that information primarily to start with. Um, so yeah, you know, just, uh, just shopping around and being uh, an informed customer and uh, frugal uh, got me started with uh, uh, with the Lunar Mansions and having kind of access to that. And what about the Lunar Mansions kept your attention? Because I can imagine that a lot of people might experiment with them, but not everybody stays with them. Is there something about them that you found especially useful or, you know, what about the practice sort of kept you involved? Sure. Um, I think what really, I think what's kind of kept me with the Lunar Mansions and focusing on them kind of as heavily as I have um, was because they seem like very natural, kind of like a very easy thing to fall into. And so um, it's also the kind of the first real um, talisman that I made, the third Mansion of the Moon was um, where I had like really obvious effects from it that had kind of changed my perspective from this kind of philosophical like oh well you know i believe magic is possible to oh wow like magic is a thing and i can do it uh so it was like this very real perspective shift from kind of like entertaining an idea as being kind of like well if, if i can do astrology and that's a thing then obviously astrological magic should also be a thing to like no definitively astrological magic is a thing and like i have this real like concrete experience that informs that about it. So it was just kind of like this really dramatic shift that the Lunar Mansions facilitated um, that I guess I kind of feel like a sense of like a loyalty to them. Like, oh, they really changed my mind about this thing. Everybody should try it. And so like, I just kind of stuck with them because they are um, kind of more like beginner entry level. And that's kind of how I talk about them with other people when I'm trying to introduce them to you know, Lunar Mansions in general or uh, or even just the practice of astrological magic, like people who don't know where to get started or things like that. Like, okay, you can go and buy, you know, a, a $400 uh, planetary magic piece, or you can go to Hobby Lobby, spend $30, and, you know, make one of your own with Lunar Mansions that's not nearly as involved. That makes a lot of sense. And I, I feel like with Lunar Mansions, too, they're pretty user-friendly. Like, they... Yeah. they you know, because you kind of create a talisman and then you kind of can keep recharging it every month as the moon returns to that mansion, it does lend a natural structure to your magical practice. 
So in a sense, we have more structure and more instructions for how to use lunar mansions than historically um, for a lot of other types of talismans where the information might be a bit more sketchy or mm-hmm. where people are forced to improvise a little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good way to think about it. Um, and that's not super un... You know, you could do something very similar with like planetary talismans, kind of like recharging them on the day or, you know, something like that. Um, but there's definitely a sense of like regularity and without being like too super cumbersome, I think, uh, with lunar mansion talismans, like it's like one day every 30 days or every 29 days instead of like one day every, um, you know, every seven, which can get a little like high maintenance. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) No, that's, that's very true. And you know, the other thing too, and I'd be interested in knowing your thoughts about this. My experience has been that even though lunar mansions are pretty easy to use and the talismans are easy to make, um, they're quite powerful. So I think just because it's something that's user-friendly and it's beginner-friendly, it doesn't mean that it's less powerful than more complicated forms of magic, again, at least in my experience. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't think that they're, you know, even though the the ideas or the requirements for talisman making are more simplistic, I don't think that makes it less less effective it's just a, a a a more simple version of I think it's like like training a lot. It's just like you're training to to learn what to look for when you're making elections. And lunar mansions are a great way to start with that. Um, but just because these are like the training wheels doesn't mean you can't get you know to the destination as quickly without like with or without them if that makes any sense oh that was yeah, a weird analogy like metaphor, <laughs> bicycle metaphor of, yeah. of astrological yeah. magic yeah 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 it's like you know you can get where you're going the same speed with or without the training wheels but the training wheels can you know help you if you're new to it that's a really good point yeah, yeah. i so just to give you some context in in the last episode i was planning to do a 10th lunar mansion talisman which i did make mm-hmm. and so i talked about kind of you know the 10th lunar mansion being health enhancing and vitality enhancing, I told the sad story of my sprained ankle. So it was my opportunity to experience the 10 lunar mansion. And yeah, personally. And I, that's right. <laughs> and uh, I thought I would, you know, kind of tell people what I did and then also give them a little bit of feedback. And so I was wondering if I know you had some experience with the 10th lunar mansion, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And I'd be interested in um, seeing if you would share your story and just kind of your thoughts on what the 10th Lunar Mansion does and and how it seems to manifest. Yeah. um, So the 10th Lunar Mansion is Al-Jabbar, the forehead, and its image is of a lion's face. And the lion's face is is kind of like a magical image that we see repeated um, in a couple of different places. Obviously, lion's faces are also going to be good solar imagery. Um, and they're also the kind of the magical image ascribed to the fixed star regulus. So you can get a lot of usage out of uh, out of lion imagery in astrological magic. And, you know, lion imagery might be kind of the only image that actually can function through kind of all three layers of, uh, of talisman making, like a planetary talisman, a fixed star talisman, and a lunar mansion talisman, like they can all kind of be covered with that line imagery, which might be kind of a, a unique thing. Um, but it's, like Nina said, it's primarily focused on, it's very health focused. Uh, there are kind of uh, off-label uses, I like to call them. Uh, well, I guess they're not technically off-labeled if they're like listed in Picatrix, but That's whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they may not approve, but Picatrix yeah. is right there. <laughs> yeah. 
um because like it can also be used for um like for love i believe like strengthening a relationship and things like that um but it's really kind of the the health focus that gets repeated later on in the picture because tal or lunar mansion talismans are talked about um like in book one and then there's another list of them in book four kind of towards the end of the book itself like towards the end of the whole entire book but the but the the health benefit is the one thing that gets emphasized in both places so for whatever reason it seems like this is really more the 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 on-brand use of the tenth mansion so it has much more of a health focus much more on um healing and vitality like everything that nina said absolutely true um and my experience with the tenth lunar mansion isn't a personal one per se like it wasn't one that it was made for me but it was made for um a good friend of mine who was going through like a a health crisis um to where excuse me um she was having um difficulty with her mobility problems walking um to where she had to like eventually she had to she could only really be mobile with the aid of a cane and this is a woman who was like only in her late 40s at the time so like very very not characteristic of her age group um to be experiencing this and you know, not really sure what's going on um and so she had been going to you know doctors and specialists for a while to kind of figure out what the problem was and like no real heads or tails been made of it and so um she asked like was there anything that could be done to help and um the the good thing with lunar mansions is that because their creation process is fairly simplistic uh, their creation criteria as far as like elections are fairly uh, simplistic there's not really a whole lot to uh, to focus on or get hung up about that if you have like an issue um, there will probably be a lunar mansion coming up that you can uh, make a talisman for to assist with that uh, and that just is primarily have to do with the way that the lunar mansions are structured you know the moon is in one lunar mansion um, every day she changes to a different one so you know just wait long enough and the moon will have will have gone through all of them so you have a, a chance to you know make whatever um hopefully a chance to make whatever talisman that you're that you're looking for and so for that it was just like is there anything coming up and i was like oh the 10th mansion it's health focused this is a health problem obviously this is fine let's do this um and so i so i made that for her and sent it to her and it was a few like a couple of weeks later that she eventually had like a diagnosis that her mobility problems were due to um nerve damage caused by um untreated diabetes basically um and why it took doctors you know so long to to discover that obviously i'm not i wasn't there for the whole process but um that ultimately was what her diagnosis was and so with that you know figured out she was able to get on the correct course of you know medication therapy to help herself um you know stop further damage and regain some of her mobility back i don't think she ever regained it all because i'm pretty sure that once it gets that bad it's it's relatively permanent but yeah i think one of the you know one of the characteristics of the lunar mansions is that sometimes they bring about dramatic events and i don't want to minimize that because i've seen it happen and i'm sure you have as well ryan mm -hmm. but a lot of the time and my guess is prob probably especially with some of these health um enhancing mansions is that they don't necessarily make you better from one day to the next but it's more like they bring about things into your life to help you get better Mm -hmm. So it's not that you can't or you you should not make an effort, but it's more that the tools become available and, and you know, mm -hmm. you can 
you can sort of get yourself to a place of better health. Would you say yeah. that's accurate? Yes, one way or another, they can be pretty, in some cases, they can be pretty um, kind of your, I guess, your stereotypical miracle story where you make it and then, you know, a couple of days later, whatever was bothering you is no longer bothering you. Um, but I think those instances are kind of few and far between, and there may be different ways of looking into that to figure out why that happens that way. And that could be just from the structure of the election. Uh, maybe the election is made in such a way to where um, more immediate results are more likely um, mm -hmm. through, you know, some placement, one thing or another. Um, and also maybe connections between the election and somebody's natal chart help to ex like expedite certain processes. Um, but that would require that. Those are just kind of like uh, ideas about uh, what things could potentially affect it. Um, obviously, I don't have like statistics to throw out at you and be like, "Ha, ah, here, look at all these, <laughs> all these examples that I have recorded meticulously." Um, that would be a dream, I guess. But so, just some ideas about like why people will experience things a little bit differently. And then there's also like the creation process involved itself um, that assist with or hinder or insolment in some way. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of the the story behind that. But one of the, for me, one of the fun things about this experience. So for a while, for for a few days, I I kept the not a few, probably like a week and a half. Um, I kept the um, I kept the tenth lunar mansion talisman at my place before I sent it um, to to the person who it was actually for, and um, I still do this. But, oh, so one of the big things about Lunar Mansion Talismans is they're not supposed to be in direct sunlight. Um, and so what I always do for mine is I keep them covered. And for these, um, I had, like, printed them out on paper and things like that. And so I just, like, fold them up and I put them in, um, in like, uh, little fabric bags with drawstrings. I'm sure there's, like, a... A, a proper term for them but like kind of like organza bags but like uh but with like opaque material not with like the translucent kind of see-through material that they're normally made with <clears throat> and so i um so i kept it for a while in this bag and i have it on my altar <clears throat> and my altar at the time was um kind of like a, a baby level one altar mm -hmm. so picture one of those tables like one of those round tables with three legs that you get at Walmart. They're like basically up to your waist uh, in height with that and like a red tablecloth with like the the glass circle on top of it. So picture that. That's that's my altar um, crammed with random uh, astro and Taoist uh, paraphernalia. And so the that's where I kept the talisman. But it was really kind of funny because there would be several days during that time period where I kept it that I would go to bed and I would wake up and the talisman would be gone from the altar. And I'm just like, where'd it go? And I would find it in the cat toys. <laughs> it's also a cat magnet is it's, what I'm trying to say. It was, it was really weird uh, because like the, like the altar is like in a corner. There's no like way to access it without like literally jumping on top of it for a cat. Like there's no like, there was no like counter or anything they could like walk up and get it, but it was just like this, this, this like cat imaged talisman would just like appear in my cat's toys, and I'm just like, oh, the Tith Mansion wanted to play too, uh, <laughs> so it was just it was just a really weird 
thing to happen and like it's totally possible i guess the cat's like jumped up and was like oh a cool bag thing and like ran off with it but it's the only talisman that that has ever happened with like they've never really interacted with with my stuff before and they've never like and i keep all my lunar mansion talismans in those same bags even to this day but it's um, this one they got but it was but it was this one that they like really wanted or it really wanted them um and, and yeah so that was my that's my my cute 10th mansion story that's i just wanted really to also play i like it i always <laughs> wonder if it would be a good talisman like for general cat protection or cat happiness you know like could you <laughs> Could you put it somewhere like where your cats sleep or like a place where they spend a lot of their time? I have no idea, but it's just a thought. I've had ideas of like wanting to make like um, talisman pet ID tags. Yes. Because of course that's a thing I think about. Well, and just to put this in context, Ryan has a number of cats. A number. That number is the number is eight with a ninth unofficial. Yeah, with an eight with the part of the ninth cat. So he really knows cats. And I, I think that's a really good idea. I think people would buy it. <laughs> well, there you go. Wow. So the 10th letter match. So that's an off-label use. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, speaking of which, you could yeah, definitely. They also attract yeah. cats. Um, exactly. But that whole experience with the 10th letter mansion really kind of um, colored my my expectations of that mansion itself because there's, um, I tend to think that certain and i'm I'm kind of curious about your thoughts on this too that like different um talismans for like the same purpose have like different methods of getting to that purpose mm. like has that been a thing that you've experienced to be true to some extent yeah i think that's right do you have like a, a specific example or or something um so we have in our in our lunar mansion structure we have we have three that I can think of right now that are health focused. There's um, the 22nd, mm-hmm. the 18th, and the 10th. Yep. And they're all kind of health focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just felt like I, I just quizzed myself there and I hope I passed. Um, but they have like different imagery involved in them. And so one of them, the 10th mansion, is with the lion. And so um, that one, in my experiences with that one, have been more about like, uh, like diagnostics, um, like even preventative medicine to an extent, like the the increase of vitality to overcome or protect against illnesses. Um, then we have the 18th mansion, which is uh, has more snake imagery. And that one seems to be much more um, surgical in approach to how it gets things done. This is one that I actually made for myself um, some years ago. And it it has like a very like, get in, fix the problem, get out kind of uh, method to it. And it's and more then, in approach. Yeah. And, yeah. and of course, this is this is also a mansion that's within Scorpio itself. So yeah, like there's that on top of it. Um, and then the other mansion, uh, the 22nd, its imagery is uh, kind of like your stereotypical uh, Greek Hermes imagery, like a man with winged boots kind of thing or a winged helmet, winged something. Um, wings everywhere really and it's more about like i think the picatrix even says it's like about escape from illness Mm -hmm. so it's like you have these like different these different images and like spiritual helpers that can get you the same thing health but they do it in like specific ways to where it's like okay which one is more what i need right now because it's like excuse me um you know you have your 10th mansion and it seems 
a little bit more focused on like the increase of vitality. Well, that's great. Everybody needs that, but it's not necessarily um, what you need for every kind of illness or like every situation and illness. So a lot of it with the 10th mansion seems a lot more like preventative, um, like keeping illness out. And then you have your other two that's a little bit more focused on like freeing you from it or like fixing the problem in some way. Um, and so I'm not really sure where I was going with that other than to be like, Hey, I think this is a thing. Yeah, <laughs> Right. And you're right because there is a lot of overlap among the mansions. It's, it's rare that you see a purpose uh, or a use that's only specific to one mansion and that yeah. some other mansion doesn't do. But as Ryan said, they are all different in character. So they get there in different ways. And, um, you know, and they might be better for, as Ryan pointed out, for different uh, purposes within that larger purpose of, say, improvement of health or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, the 10th Mansion is good for, like, diagnostics or, like, even probably for, like, soothing of pain kind of things. Um, right. Whereas, like, <clears throat> so making it for, like, the, the twisted ankle was probably a really good idea because I don't think the 18th or the 22nd would necessarily like like okay what am i supposed to do with this yeah. um other than just like your general like um um uh, expedite recovery kind of thing but mm -hmm. i think like the 10th mansion was probably like the best uh the best one to go through from there yeah well or, i'm glad you approve it's always to get a second opinion on this yeah. there aren't a lot of like books that are like twisted ankle here are the man <laughs> you go yeah <laughs> uh, but even then well, it also we, comes down we should it also come, that. yeah we could we could but it, then again it also comes down to like necessity to some extent because right. it's like oh i have a I've, i twisted my ankle and the 10th lunar mansion is like three days away uh, whereas the 18th lunar mansion is you know like um it, you know it would be like 10 days yes. away and it's just like how long do you want to stretch this out like <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right yeah and I've not, I don't have personal experience with a 22nd lunar mansion, so I can't speak to that. But yeah, I agree that 18th seems a little bit more surgical and, you know, that's not what I needed. I just needed like strengthening and, you know, easing of pain, which seems more like a 10th lunar mansion thing. I haven't had a lot of experience with, or I haven't had any experience, I think, with the 22nd mansion either. Maybe um, I should take it just to see what it does. Yeah, I haven't been sick or known well i guess i do know people who have been sick but like how weird is it to be like hey i know you're not feeling well i made this for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can do don't that. ask questions don't open it in the sun friend. yeah exactly you can do that with magical friends but nonetheless <laughs> you don't want to be intrusive so yeah and yeah i wonder about i do wonder about the, the 22nd one like what what that particular modality is yeah the way it's written like release from like escape from illness mm -hmm. it obviously it seems very recoverable but it also seems like a um it also seems like something that's almost supposed to be made for like um chronic or like terminal illnesses because it has like this very like freedom yes imagery with it like oh this yeah. guy has wings and he yeah, just like goes probably don't want to escape from your illness just that's yet. probably true <laughs> that's yeah. also true <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah i feel like the very tent's specific. pretty good <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the 10th covers a lot of different situations. So that's why I thought I'd try it, because even if it wasn't exactly right, like, you know, who can't use more vitality and just general, like, strengthening? So, Ryan, tell me more about what kinds of astrological factors you look for when you're electing a lunar mansion talisman. I guess I should probably clarify that when I think about elections for lunar mansions, I pay the most attention the first time when I'm about to actually make the physical object. 
And then for the repeat recharging of the talisman, um, I usually just look for the moon being conjunct the ascendant or the midheaven, something like that, as long as it's in the lunar mansion. Do you have any thoughts on what's important for you when you do um, this? Yeah. Um, for, you know, electing the mansion talisman itself, they're pretty easy. Um, like they still have their, you know, their boxes to check off about, you know, what, what you do and don't want. But like they're, the, the criteria are a lot less strenuous than say planetary talismans, which, you know, it's like get the planet, make it dignified, um, you know, put it on the ascendant, things like that, which, you know, in some instances it's fine, but like <laughs> in other instances it's not. And that's like that, even just that, that first idea of like, oh, make the, make the target planet, you know, essentially dignified in some way or in some, you know, dramatic way, exaltation or in domicile is usually preferred. Um, it's like, okay, that sounds easy, but it's like, you know, right now we get to enjoy, you know, five or six years of Saturn and Capricorn and Aquarius, but then once that's over with, we have to wait like 21 years before Saturn gets into Libra, which is, uh, which is great. <laughs> yeah, kind of a long time. Um, so, so with like Lunar Mansion Talismans, you don't, you don't have that consideration. And kind of the first step is, is the moon in that mansion right now? Uh, which the moon will go through all 28 mansions in 28 days. So it's not, excuse me, it's it's pretty, you know, it, you get the, the cyclical nature of it to where if you miss it, well, there's always next month, basically, and you can just come back to it. Um, for me, one of the more important pieces um, for Lunar Mansion Talismans that I don't really consider, honestly, for a bunch of, for like other like fixed star or planetary talismans is moon phase. And this is kind of like a really basic thing that I think a lot of people in astrology uh, just kind of like overlook, like moon phase isn't like a super big deal for a lot of us when we're like, you know, coming up with interpretations or things like that. Um, but I do think for lunar mansions that moon phase is really important, but not in like a super specific way, just in like a, a really kind of easy, like if your mansion is for gaining something or growth, then you want it to be while the moon is waxing. If your mansion, like if your mansion talisman is for, you know, getting rid of something, then you want the moon to be waning. Just like these very easy kind of general rules, um, you know, don't necessarily have to be super specific, like make sure it's the waxing gibbous phase or, you know, things like that. Like that'd be nice, I guess, but it's not like just the general waxing or waning is important. So like for a 10th mansion talisman, um, and there are actually different schools of thought on this, which I'll discuss. <laughs> So for a 10th mansion talisman, for me, when it comes to like health-based talisman things, um, I primarily want the moon to be waxing in it because for me, I'm a scaredy cat and having like the general growth orientedness of the waxing moon, when we're talking about like a human body or a human being or human health, like I want it to fit within that, that growth and that like getting stronger and more vital and more fit. Like that's kind of the, the energy that I want to go. Um, but that's not also to say that a 10th lunar mansion made during a waning phase couldn't also be um, useful because, but then the uh, the perspective is kind of flipped a little to where it's um, instead of like growing vitality or growing health, it's removing pain or removing illness. So it's like the focus is a little bit different depending on what the phase is. Um, so and like I said, that's kind of like, that's just two different kind of ways to look at it. I'm a bit more worried um, 
personally about like the the waning moon health talismans um just because it's like i wouldn't want that waning imagery to get wrapped up into a person's body and a person's vitality because then that's that's the opposite <laughs> that's the opposite of what we want um but generally I, I i prefer um waxing moons so moon phase is the first step step two is the moon in the mansion that's pretty easy um and then for me i want the moon to be um, as close to the ascendant or the midheaven as possible, or at least in the first or tenth house. If I have to, um, I'll do the eleventh, ninth, or fifth houses. Um, but that's about it. So house placement is important. Um, and then finally, the final step is just to make sure that the moon is applying to a planet who is uh, kind of of the same um, idea as what you're trying to get out of it. So like a tent lunar mansion talisman for, you know, health, I, I would want to see the moon applying to a planet who in general can give health. So, you know, you have your benefic planets, Venus, the sun and Jupiter, which are much more health giving. Um, even Mercury in some cases, if it's well placed in that chart can be health giving. And then, you know, I would even take Mars or Saturn if they're well placed or if I, you know, if the person that I that the talisman is for has a Mars or Saturn uh, sign rising in their birth chart. So even then you can kind of like um, incorporate natal elements to kind of personalize it in a way that um, the kind of general outlook of the of the election uh, probably wouldn't recommend. And then yeah. that's it. That's that once you have all that, you're good. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And I think, you know, it's, it is interesting because I agree with you that the waxing and waning um, phase of the moon becomes more important with lunar mansions just because the moon is such a big focus right. in these elections. It's important everywhere, but it's obviously the start of the show here. Yeah. So I wonder, too, you know, one of the challenges that I have with lunar mansions is it can be a number of months before the moon is in the right mansion, but also yes. in the right phase because it has to do with the sun's motion relative uh -huh. to the moon. And so there are times when you have sort of an emergency, which could happen more perhaps with a health related um, lunar mansion, though I can imagine other scenarios too. Mm -hmm. And so that's something I definitely thought of uh, because in my case, um, you know, the, the moon was, it was definitely waxing. Because the mansion was, well, was it waxing? You know, I'll yeah. have to take a look. Um, well, it must have been because it this happened when I made, recently in the Sunshine yeah, exactly. Leo. Yeah. It was waxing. But I can imagine a situation where maybe you have an injury or something and, you know, in winter or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, no. Exactly. And so I think you have a couple of options there. One is obviously you can try one of the other healing mansions that put your moon in a, in a more um, appropriate phase. But I think you could also, if you decide, look, no, I really want this particular mansion, is I think you can start working with it, but perhaps when it enters the right phase, which could be several months from now, assuming you're doing your monthly, you know, re recharging, mm -hmm. um, you might want to do like either a new talisman at that time, or you want to do like a, you know, more involved ritual to try to kind of mark that moment somehow. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, one of the big things is, you know, you've got you've got to do what you got to do. <laughs> you know, uh, if you you know you need it, you need it, and that's just really um, all you can say about it. Like the best, um, you know, the best union of astrology and astrological magic is having the awareness 
of you know having the the predictive astrology aspect of it to be like okay so these are things that are coming up soon and i'm kind of worried about this so what can like what things happening now can i take advantage of to to mitigate whatever's coming up in the future so i'm not like you know in the emergency situation but you know things happen um and there's only so much we can do and things pop up on us um like cat like cat who wants outside but it's fine (laughs) and uh outside this room not outside outside she would know what to do with herself um but um yeah i think that's a great way to to handle it it's just like you know you need it <laughs> you need it now the moon's waning that sucks for me but hey it's better than nothing um because you definitely want to keep yourself from um from you know, you want to keep yourself from denying yourself something that you need just because everything isn't perfect in like a textbook example of that um, and that's really just where the, in my opinion, where the, the art of magic comes into play, just like the ability to know, you know, what you need in an ideal world and the, the, um, I'm going to use the word surrender of just realizing that we don't live in that ideal world and things are bad sometimes and you just have to do what you have to do. Exactly. Sometimes everything is square Mars or opposite yeah. <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. You just have to do the best you can with it. So that's where the astrological skill comes in. Yeah, just being aware of just like, okay, this is happening. This isn't ideal. Um, what are strategies I can utilize to make up for that to like kind of mitigate this as much as I can um, to get something out of this and or just wait until, you know, wait for four months until the moon is going to be waxing in this in this sign and that's fine too you know there's nothing there's nothing wrong with either approach inherently like if you want to wait if that's something that you feel more com- more comfortable with do that um but if it's really something that you feel like you need to do or have to do uh you know if if you kind of are aware of what the pitfalls look like you know you don't want to delude yourself and be like oh this is fine <laughs> this is great this is perfectly fine all this is fine um uh you don't want to do that so at least have the you know the the that foreknowledge of like oh you know this mars square is probably going to be a problem what might that look like and just kind of having that awareness as you move forward with it that's probably the best the best way to handle these kinds of things i think that's right and i guess this would be a good time to bring up the fact that ryan has a very extensive page on his website which is i want to say it's medievalastrologyguide.com did i get that right <laughs> yes <laughs> okay good i just wanted to make sure i said it the right way um, and it, he, Ryan had created, I think some time ago, a list of all the mansions, their locations, their names, as well as their purposes and his comments on them. So I would encourage you to visit his website if you want to learn about the mansions in general and get kind of a real world um, summary of, of what each of them does and how it seems to manifest, a lot of which is based on Ryan's experiences with the different mansions. Yeah, yeah. Most of my comments are just like investigations of like the imagery involved or just like specific um instances of like my own what's happened you know with these and what my experience was out of it and obviously my experience isn't like the standard but you know it's better than it's much more information than you're going to get out of like the picatrix this is very (laughs) Uh, and there and its experiences with those mentions um so yeah but it's kind of interesting to see how they how like lunar mansion elections and talisman making is different from um like planetary elections or talisman makings because you kind of have like an inverse thing happening to where like the the um criteria for the election for lunar mansion talismans is pretty lax um 
you know, just get the moon in the mansion, make it angular, replying to the right planet in uh, in a good phase or in the right phase. It's like a pretty pretty simple setup. But you'll notice that if you like go through the page that Nina mentioned on my site, or just if you're familiar with the uh, listings in Picatrix, the materials for the lunar mansions are very 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 specific to where it's only like one or two things for each um, lunar mansion. Like you have, um, like each lunar mansion is associated with like some sort of incense or sulfamigation, um, but it's like they each only get like one or two. And whereas on the other hand, you have like planetary elections, which are um, much more complicated and much more um, stringent kind of in their criteria of what you need to look for, for a good planetary uh, talisman election but the material that you can use is like you have so much more freedom of things to pick um yes. for that material so it's kind of like an interesting trade-off there yep no i think that's that's extremely true um yeah and like i said i think that the lunar mansions you know that's the other thing i think your guide has is i think you talk about the recommended like substances and materials from the picatrix mm-hmm because so it's like, nice. yeah, it's a reference. It's like you have a lot more, you have a lot more freedom or times available to, you know, make a, an 18th mansion talisman, and that's cool. But where am I going to get, where am I going to get staghorns at this time of night? Yeah, which is which comes back to your recommendation of how <laughs> active in planning these things. Yeah. <laughs> but then at least you can order them online or something like that. I think that that brings our conversation to an end. Now, Ryan, as I said, is an astrologer and mage and teacher. So I know he's got some classes coming up. Brian, do you want to talk about what classes are available? Yeah, thank you. Um, so um, this summer, for the summer period, I'm doing four classes. Um, a couple of them are more focused on medical astrology, um, but a lot of them also have like an undercurrent of magical philosophy as well. So if you're you know, interested in kind of in exploring medical astrology or astrological magic, I've got you covered. Um, this summer we're doing uh, the Seeds and Stars class, which is a kind of like a more of a philosophical exploration of um, astrology and herbalism and its application towards medicine and, of course, magic, because you can't really talk about um, ancient medical practices without also talking about um, philosophies that uh, are uh, parallel to magical uh, ideas at the same time. And then the temperament, which is very much about like a beginner's medical astrology thing. Um, and it kind of wraps up with um, a with actually a class on um, beginning on astrological magic, a kind of an astrological magic 101, uh, where lunar mansion talismans are actually going to be talked about a lot, just because that is, um, in my opinion, a really great starting point for a lot of people to get started with astrological magic. And it's also the kind of the area where I've had the most experience with. So what a great what a great opportunity to have a, a, a conversation about it beforehand. Yes, absolutely. And of course, to do all that, you just go to MedievalAstrologyGuide.com and I'm sure you can sign up for the classes and um, find other materials that Ryan's created over time as well. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you very much, Ryan. I hope all the cats are where they need to be outside or inside the room as they see fit. <laughs> uh, are they ever quite... <laughs> No, no. <laughs> the mind of the cat is a complicated. Well, I guess this whole conversation kind of begs the question of uh, how has your how has your ankle recovered with the with the tenth lunar mansion? 
Well, thank you for asking. Um, you know, it's been recovering quite nicely since the week that I created the, um, the talisman, which would have been the week of July 4th when I was away on vacation in a monastery. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> so, yeah, and uh, it's, it's improved quite a lot. I mean, I'm still, you know, there's still a lot I need to do, but I feel like I've just since that week, my, my ankle feels better and I started like physical therapy and I was very lucky to have a very good therapist. So I, I, you know, there's a lot of, again, it, there was no miraculous one day to the next improvement, but just a lot of factors came in that allowed me to sort of take better care of myself and, and just, you know, have that process of recovery be accelerated. Yeah, that's great. Um, and it's really kind of interesting that you mentioned having like being lucky to get a really good physical therapist because it was kind of like the same story with my experience with the 10th Lunar Mansion. It was like the right physician at the right time mm-hmm. really kind of helped the process. So, ah, sorry, my cat decided to jump on my, uh, through, tried to jump through my headphones, as you can imagine. Yes. That worked out well. Um, but anyway, th- that seems like a really interesting um theme to be repeated with this with this lunar mansion it's like obviously a good physician helps recovery in any sense and maybe uh maybe that's one of those different methodologies towards um creating health that the 10th lunar mansion um tries to do is to try to fit you with uh the right physician to help you with whatever you're going through yeah that's a good point and so speaking of off-label uses that would definitely be (laughs) one of them right and yeah, I feel that's a lot of what, what our magical experimentation is about. It's how do you learn the nuances of each um, lunar mansion or even each type of talisman on the planetary mm-hmm. side that really isn't discussed in the book. And so you have to kind of live it to really start to understand it at a deep level. Yeah, absolutely. Why can't those books just give us more information? Exactly. Well, that would be too easy. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> that's right. Well, thank you very much, Ryan. It's been a pleasure having you on, and I'm sure we'll be talking more about magic and astrology in the future. Of course. That about wraps it up for this episode of Magical Elections. My name is Nina Griffin, and you can always find me at ninagriffin.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I hope you have a magical August. (laughs) 